The 491st edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head on over to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And finally, we're brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. 15% off everything when you use promo code PLAYOFFS. Heidi ho degenerators welcome to episode 491 of the mma gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast network this one's going out to brian apparently our biggest fan on youtube who who uh has alerted any new uh viewers that i am a kind of grumpy but i <laughs> do but but i do a great job or something there was a compliment in there as well but uh yeah like i said last episode my personal life is bleeding through to my professional life apparently so uh, i'm not supposed to be grumpy in front of the camera but here here we are i think i'm just old and tired is what is coming through uh the camera but nonetheless um and we know you are watching the episode because like i said last episode as well these regional may ones are our big hits on youtube so uh, thank you, whether you're watching or listening, uh, for coming in for one of our weekly MMA, uh, regional MMA episodes on Mondays. Today we're doing Octagon 52. Uh, Octagon is an event uh, or a promotion we've been doing a lot recently. They seem to be moving on up in the world. So uh, we'll bring in someone who, who knows a bit more about this subject to speak on it. He doesn't just pick these events to just uh, see me try to pronounce these people's names. No, he, uh, he says this is a very... Uh, Good promotion and a good event. It's our regional MMA god, some might say, uh, Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. Yeah, I'll recap my past week. Yeah. In a second. But to, to, to your point on Octagon, too, they're becoming one of those promotions now that seem to be able to pay their biggest fighters enough to fend off the big promotions. Because uh, they've got they've got an absolute beast of a champion, and now I guess he's moving up a weight class to fight in that uh the the tip tip sport game changer for a million euro (laughs) right that's right tip Tip sport sport. game changer i forgot about that yes which i think last time we called the tip changer game sport or you know (laughs) (laughs) tip tip game sport changer or something like that yeah like we had we had some issues with it it's a really and it's really a million euros it's a million it's a million euro for if you win all of the fights so that's so over that, a million of your dollars of your greenbacks. Right. I think it's like 1.15 1. or 1.2. Yeah, almost that. It's yeah. basically yeah. it's basically the PFL season because right it's it's if you win the finals you wind up making a million dollars on the season um which is pretty much what this one is. The finals itself is only worth 300k, but um you know, 300k in an MMA fight is pretty damn good. And they just re-signed Lucene Kita who is one of their best fighters. He's a dude out of Belgium um who, who's 12 and one you know super good has been a champ of theirs in multiple divisions and i have to imagine the ufc was interested in him i have to imagine pfl was interested in him um he kind of struck me as the kind of guy who winds up in one fc fighting over there um just because he's like very explosive and you know they really love that kind of you know they love either somebody who's like a sick grappler or a big explosive dude and i found out he re-signed with octagon so they must now be paying enough uh both in the 
the tip sport game changer and otherwise to uh to keep these guys around so um you know first of all that's a tip in the the tip of the hat to octagon and then uh to tip my hat to myself and how we did this past weekend so we actually had three promotions that we had done breakdowns of this past weekend uh the first one was uriah faber's a1 combat 17 uh uh went three and two in that one including hitting an underdog if you bet a hundred dollars blindly on all of those money lines you would have been up uh like 50 bucks uh which is not a not a bad little night um my second promotion was unified 55 which card went to absolute shambles after we broke it down there were actually (laughs) only yeah there were only two of the five fights left i think part of what happened was dana white announced that it was a looking for a fight card um and then like out of the woodworks like Ricky Bandeja suddenly was like interested in fighting on the card, like the, the big Bellator event. And yeah. one of one of Dreykus Duplessis's cornermen, who was not even in training camp, he was just like with Dreykus, was like, hey, I'll fight on that. And suddenly he was the co-main event. Like it, it just like suddenly took an influx of people and a couple of fights did get canceled. So wound up with only two uh, official picks on that card. Went one and one for basically the negative amount of what I had, uh, picked up on Uriah Faber's A1. So we were pretty much a push on those two promotions at four and three. And then KSW showed up, went four and one in KSW. Ooh. That includes two underdogs, uh, one of which was a buck 50, which is a nice little one. Uh, that came from fading the UFC vet uh, in that fight. And then the other one was plus 300, which get this, was fading the UFC vet Bartosz Fabinski who time and time again uh, just keeps giving me great avenues to make money by fighting dumb. Uh, that guy got knocked out in 12 <laughs> as a uh, like negative 375 favorite. So uh, in that uh, fight card, we went four in one. And if you had bet $100 blindly on, and if you had bet $100 blindly on every single fight, you would have walked out up uh, 450 bucks roughly. So on the weekend, uh, we were eight and four uh, for the tune of about plus 450 bucks. And how about on the year? Oh, the year just started. Yeah. Never well, mind. the year did just start, but you we have had a career a good, though, right? We had a good first weekend too. Uh, cause we, we did have some regional MMA events that we broke down from last weekend. So, uh, or maybe the weekend before that some, some LFA action too, but on the year we are already up 7.3 units. Uh, if, if you bet a unit, if you bet a unit on every money line. So we, we built ourselves, a a good defensive base here. <laughs> and I see my fellow Kitchener native g- got a, a nice knockout on, uh, on unified as well. Pat picked to lick. Got a, got a, yes, that was out. the only, that was the only fight I got yeah. wrong on unified. Yeah. I went oh, with yeah, okay. and you, you, yeah. uh, yeah, you had, you had picked licked, uh, Kitchener and, power. Yeah. It's just those, those big, long Kitchener guys. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So yeah, so Gumby's good at this stuff. It's basically that was our infomercial for for Gumby heading into <laughs> uh, heading into this episode. So we've got Octon fifty two, and this is a uh, usually they are out of Czech Republic, right? Or are they Poland? They're Czech. They, so they do they do Czech Republic, Slovakia. They do do quite a few shows out of Germany. Like they've got two scheduled later this yeah. year for Germany. And as you're about to tell the folks, they occasionally make their way to England. Yes, and this one is in England. Yeah, they they must. Uh, going back to what you're saying about pay they have 
they're like right in the same area as KSW. So they must be paying pretty, pretty good because KSW is pretty much the king of Europe at this point. And they've got a lot of guys who have fought in KSW too. So I think sort of their MO, because it doesn't seem like KSW's contracts are like as restrictive, particularly for like their early card guys. Um, it does seem like they, they try to grab a guy when they go like one and one on KSW's undercard. And they're like, we know that that guy's got a lot of potential and, and drag him on over. Yeah. All right. Before we dive into things, I'm going to dive into underdog fantasy and let you know, Gumby and I make NBA picks every night on the sports gambling website, but they've got every sport here and underdog fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long, whether, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football, MMA, they got, they got tennis, they got it all. Um, simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players, fantasy stats and cash in. And if you pick one of these spicy plays, you can win, hundred times your money. Gummy, do you have a pick for us? You know, I, I was trying to think of one because this is going to come out Monday, right? And obviously we want to make sure that we... Today is Monday, both. yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, the, yeah, that's right. This, obviously it's coming out Monday. Today is Monday. So uh, the Hawks are playing the Kings tonight. Uh, it looks like yep. Trey Young is going to be out forever uh, with a bad brain. Um, and yep. uh, that means Jawanth Murray is probably going to score a billion points. Uh, and it's against the Kings too. Uh, they tend to have high scoring games. So take the higher than whatever his posted uh, points total is higher than on Murray's points. All right. So watch along, make your picks and maybe make a little cash over our underdogs mobile app or website underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, underdog will double your first spots of up to hundred bucks. That's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. Oh, my voice. <clears throat> okay. My voice is back. You almost had to take over the whole episode, Gumby. People at home I've are done cheering. I've done it before. I've done it before. I, I think people I did are, a solo episode once. People are cheering. Please, please. No, I'm back. Uh, Octagon 52. Magard. Magard. I think we talked about him before, haven't we? Am I saying yeah, his y- name wrong? Jonas, M- Jonas Magard. Jonas Magard. Yeah. He's got two... Uh, umlauts. They're not umlauts. What are those things? They're not umlauts? They're not umlauts? Are they? They're circles. That's not what uh, Motley Crue has above their name. Is that? <laughs> I don't know. They have umlauts. It's, uh, it's oh, yeah, some, maybe it's it is. something that we don't have in this language. <laughs> yeah, because Mo- Motley Crue's umlauts are filled in. Oh, so these are not filled in. These are like donuts. Um, anyhow, <laughs> he's fighting He's fighting Cartwright, which is the name that uh, the Chinese restaurant uh, said for Costanza. Instead of Costanza, they We've broken him down a couple of times, too. Yep, we have this all. Everything always goes back to Seinfeld, don't you find? They've covered pretty much everything that's ever yeah. happened in life. Or the There's Simpsons. An episode about it. Or the Simpsons. Or the, yeah, yeah. The Simpsons uh, had had a little longer to do it, but it is true. All right, this is going down. It's gonna be said in England, Newcastle. In- oh, I know. We know someone who lives in Newcastle. We do. Newcastle upon time. <laughs> yeah. One and only Malcolm. Yeah, Malcolm Bamford, Mal Bamford, our coworker. <laughs> yeah, he's he's fantastic. Uh him on the Mal- him on the MMA game or the MLB gambling podcast is maybe the best listen on the network, and I say that yes. not lightly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He also has, he uh, this time a year he's doing the Premier League uh, podcast as well, and there's a music podcast I listen to. Um, Running the suburbs is called and. The guy's a big fan of Mal, and he's had Mal on multiple times as a guest. <laughs> That's crazy, great. right? Great. He had Mal and Barry on uh, an episode to, to give out their, you know, favorite like indie rock type uh, picks. So yeah, he he is a celebrity. This Mal. Uh, so anyhow, he lives in Newcastle. I don't know if he's going to this event though, but um, he is a character. He should go. This is um, fittingly. It's in an octagon, Gumby. Octagon with the C, even though they're octagon with the K. So there's 
this is the big octagon. There's also an octagon with two octagons with the C organizations, two with, two with K, two with K's, um, <laughs> two with K's and one with C. I, I don't know how many there are with C's, but I know this one <laughs> and the one in uh, was like Kazakhstan is with a K as well. Yeah. Anyhow, this one's taking place. This is the big one uh, taking place Saturday night, 12, not night. If you're on the East coast, like us in North America, it's 12 PM Eastern Saturday, this Saturday, the 27th, where we're not doing regional MMA two weeks in advance, like, like during our, our dry period <laughs> a few weeks ago. Um, so this is a current one. Um, it says it's broadcast on the zone in the States. Is that correct? Gumby? Yeah. You can also get it on uh, Octagon's website. That tends to be okay. uh, the easiest place to find it for me. And they it's... charge for it. I assume? Uh, they do. I believe it's usually like, I think it's like 10, 15 bucks, but uh, okay. for the production quality they have, I would say in terms of, regional mma you can watch it's usually worth the 10 bucks or 15 bucks and or whatever is it, is it english commentary yeah it is yeah they they have Good. uh they have cool. different options but yeah that for sure you yeah. can get it in english and gummy's gonna win you at least 10 or 15 bucks off this card anyhow uh we're doing this card's still good gummy wants to do six fights instead of our normal five that's how good it is right that's it all right we're gonna start with a prelim fight the main event of the prelims <laughs> is three five minute rounds at featherweight Corey fry from england Versus Max Holzer from Germany. Uh, Holzer, Stifler, or Stifler is his nickname. S-T-I-F-L-E-R. He's 6-0. Oh, one knockout, four submissions. He's won two straight fights via submission. This is his uh, octagon debut. Used to fight at Bantamweight. He's an inch taller than Fry. Plus 120. There's a big thing right there. We have odds here. Sometimes, as Gumby was saying off air, people ask us, can you get odds for this? And you... Like some promotions we cover, uh, the books were cowards and they didn't put uh, put odds up, but there are already odds up here. Uh, so get uh, you can check it out. Um, you know, bet best fight odds is usually the, the place to go to, to check on who has the odds. And now that we're not sponsored by any books, we can pretty say it looks like the odds are bet way right now, but I think pretty much all of the all of the offshore ones cover. Yeah, this, bet, right? bet online gets on it pretty quick too. They're probably already up there by the time you're listening to this. All right, so that was it's plus one twenty for Holzer, uh, Fry five and one, four knockouts, one submission, and he's been submitted once. He owes his rounds. Damn it, that's a shirt we gotta get. Uh, he's one no in octagon. He's won three straight, minus one sixty three. All right, fill in the uh, color in the uh, the picture I, I outlined for you. So the reason I like this one too is I wanted to talk about the value on Corey Fry. Uh, I in general just think like he is a guy who, despite being you know, it, it's not a small favorite, but, a uh, you know, medium-sized favorite here. I, I think he's got a lot of value because I, I really do like the work that he does on his feet. Um, you know, like all of his striking and all, all the combinations he puts together are really sharp. Like he's got a really nice jab. He's got a good straight. Um, he, I'm a little worried about how much he backs up when he, uh, somebody comes at him with crazy aggression because in his last fight, that's exactly what happened. Somebody just blitzed at him and like, you know, through the kitchen sink and stuff. And he backed up and backed up and backed up. But luckily, he finds places to set his feet and, like, let go of his combinations. I really do like the uppercuts he throws when he, like, is circling away and then, like, the person is following him too much. And he just, like, takes an extra step in and throws an uppercut. Sometimes to the body. Sometimes it lands to the head. It's a really nice, nice combination. And and Holzer is a guy who's kind of like a relentless wrestler, which you might worry about against a guy like Fry. But the thing is here is that... Two, two things that make me not particularly worried about Fry and, and made me like this line is the first one being that I think the way that Fry fights long and circles away to that pressure, even though he backs up at first, I think makes it 
kind of safe that he's not going to wind up in a bad takedown situation. Um, I think he's going to wind up pivoting out and like punishing him for takedowns, especially with the uppercut. And then secondly, the other thing that I'm not real worried about is Holzer is a guy who's really risky when he's, he's on the mat. Like he'll dive on arm bars that he doesn't really have a good grip on. And he'll, you know, do this and he'll do that. And like all of those things do not bode very well for him. So I think uh, I, I think Fry, even if he does wind up on the bottom, winds up getting up pretty quick. And I think on the feet, he's heads and shoulders better than Holzer. So uh, I really like Corey Fry in this fight. Who doesn't like Fry's really, Gumby, when it comes right down to it? Yeah, you, you can't go wrong with Fry's, right? No, no, no. Anybody who leaves no, no, no. Fry's on their plate, and I've said this before, this is a, <laughs> a very strong feeling I have. Anybody who leaves yep. Fry's on their plate is a sociopath and not worth eating yes. dinner with. Yeah, It, it is true. It is true. All right, let's go to the main card, but we're sticking with uh, featherweight. So, Shoab Youssef from England versus Edvard Ketzel. I said his name like that because he's from German, Germany. Uh, so, Edvard. It's Eduard. Edvard Kiesel, Kaisel? Probably Kaisel, I'm guessing. I think it's Ketchel. Isn't it Ketchel? Oh, Ketchel sounds even more German. You're so smart, Gummy. <laughs> All right. Ketchel, K-E-X-E-L on your betting slips he's nine and one two knockouts he's been knocked out once one known octagon he's won five straight fights he's not lost since march of 2021 used to fight at lightweight he's an inch taller than yusuf plus 110 yusuf he is the assassin the one and only he's 11 and three five knockouts two submissions never been finished in a fight one known octagon he's won three straight fights and four of five he's not lost since december 2021 used to fight at lightweight minus 150 uh, I'm going to go dog here. I like Ketchel quite a bit here, and here's why. If you watch Yusuf, uh fight, the big issue I have with him is when he's striking from range, the dude just doesn't seem to move enough. Like, he, he just – when he's at striking range or looks like he's throwing hands from distance, it's almost like he, he's trying to tempt the guy to hit him and, like, looks for a counter, but he's actually not even looking for a counter. Um he wants the clinch more than anything. He wants the clinch. Uh, he's really good in the clinch. Uh, you know, like, I think that's probably why we see him as a favorite here is like when he throws knees from the clinches or elbows in the clinch, both of them are just like very devastating. Like he is, he is very tough to be in the clinch, but like getting to the clinch, I, I almost think he just like has to tempt other people into wanting to clinch him or like sprinting forward at him because he's not moving. Um, and I think a lot of times it gets him jacked up from range. And with Ketchel, first of all, he's going to have a reach advantage, which I, I think Yusuf is going to have a tough time with. It's very slight, but, you know, like Yusuf is used to having a, uh, an advantage rather than a disadvantage. So I think Ketchel could probably use that. And in addition to that, I think if it does wind up in the clinch, Ketchel has the takedowns to get him down. Uh, I've seen a really nice, diverse group of takedowns from him. Uh, it includes, like, you know, he's got good double legs. He's got good chain wrestling up against the cage. I've also seen, like, little judo throws and judo trips out of him. I don't know if he's got a judo background or if it's just stuff that he's mixed into his regular um, fighting style. But he's one of those guys who seemingly, like, you know, he he likes to get the opponent's head up against the cage so that it's really hard for them to get back up. And, you know, sometimes it means he's just going to ride out the round there and throw a couple of punches. but. I really do think that'll be enough to win a decision here against Yusuf. Um, and also that just kind of like nullifies the thing that Yusuf likes to do the most, right? Is that like he, he likes to be in the clinch and throw knees. If he does that here, he's going to wind up on his butt. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go dog money here on Kekstel. All right. 
All right. He's going to wind up on his butt. We're not going to wind up on our butts with that pick. We're going to end up winning some plus money there. All right. We're going to the big boys. I've done my due diligence and I've done uh, Google searches. Neither of these guys are chunky guys. Gumby. No, not yeah. really. Yeah. No. One of them yeah, has Adam, a very famous win, though. Did you know that? Yeah, I have it. I have it in my notes. I was oh. hoping you didn't know, but you do uh, know. I, Adam I, Palaz uh, from Poland versus Stuart Austin from the UK or or England or Britain or I think it's the English flag. Actually, he has on Stepology site. I'm not going to tell you about him first. Austin, he's he man. He's 17 and eight, eight knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out seven times. Look out for that chin of his. One no in octagon. He's won two straight. Before that, he lost two straight. Uh, one and two in PFL. One and one in Bellator. Multiple region championships on his mantle. Check out the shirt. I mean, correct. Check out that shirt right there. I'm wearing right now. People on YouTube see it. You can get it at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Type in playoffs as your discount code, 15% off. Boom. You can be cool like me. Uh, used to fight. Uh, Austin used to fight down at light heavyweight. He submitted current UFC champion Tom Aspinall in 2015. There's the big win. Right With a there. heel hook, too. With a heel hook. There you go. <laughs> he also lost to Johnny Walker, I saw, on his uh, record. Yeah, he's he's fought some some names. Bruno Capeloza and PFL. Yep. Yeah, He's been around since 2010, so there you go. And there's not too many heavyweights or light heavyweights to fight so that's that's why if you've been around that long you're gonna you're gonna run into some famous names plus 130 the uh bookie's not impressed by that resume palaz adas z jawa jawara is his nickname adas space z space j-a-w-o-r-a which translates addis from sycamore okay, okay. you want to tell me what that's you don't have anything about that can you have him nope. on your show and find out for us i'll see what i can do okay <laughs> he's nine and two seven knockouts one submission actually we have we have some uh we have some viewers and listeners from poland you tell us what this nickname means tell us what what's up with that all right anyhow nine and two seven knockouts one submission he's been knocked out once three and one knocked on he's won four of his last five including his last fight inch taller than austin minus 175 i'm gonna go uh underdog again on this one with Stuart austin i i'll be real honest when i started breaking down this fight the odds uh weren't there and I was leaning towards Pelage, and then when they posted, I was like, I'll be honest, I don't really like either of these guys. <laughs> and I was like, I can't get behind uh, saying my official pick is negative 170 on either of these two. Let's basically just put it that way. Um, I think this fight is close enough that you just grab, it's a dogger pass situation for me. Um, there, there's things to hate about both of their striking. Stuart Austin looks terrified if he's fighting a good striker. Um, against Bruno Capeloza, he looked like a deer in the headlights. Like he was like, I do not want to be here. He shot ugly takedowns to try to avoid the striking. There were, there were a whole lot of things where you're like, man, dude, he does not look good. Um, he kind of stands a little bit too tall. Don't like that about him. And then I was like, but like his Pelage, even the type of guy who punishes him for that. Cause yeah, he does have finishes, but if you look at most of his finishes, they are after he has tired his opponent out. He gets his own takedowns and gets ground and pounded. He doesn't get takedowns until his opponent's tired. I also don't know that he wants to be on the ground with Stuart Austin because that seems to be where Austin's the best. So I think you nullify that on Pelage. And then in addition to that, I will say the thing I don't like about Pelage is that, you know, Austin stands too tall. Pelage weirdly leans forward. Like constantly he is leaning forward. So like we've got two guys who do wild things when it comes to defense like neither of their chins are hidden um just in like very different ways 
I, I think Austin maybe could hit it or could touch Pelage a little bit better because Pelage is leaning forward and uh, Austin throws a little bit straighter at punches, whereas Pelage is throwing overhands. But hey, maybe that hits the big tall guy. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think particularly either of them are very good when it comes to knocking people out on the feet. Austin just looks a little bit better grappling, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know that his takedowns will score on Pelage because Pelage like frames nicely, but maybe if he gets Pelage tired enough, he'll score him. But yeah, like kind of like I said at the very beginning of this breakdown, pick dog or don't pick at all on this one, and certainly don't throw any of these in a parlay that's going to make you mad later that you bet on either of these two guys. Um, but I'll go just for funsies. I will go Stuart Austin uh, on the dog money. And Gummy's continuing his hating on people who lean. That, that is <laughs> this is bad. a different kind of lean, though. In in like uh, I'm, it's like this is almost like Keith Jardine levels of leaning forward. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah it's like yep. it's a lot. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Before we move on, I'm going to lean into some ad reads. Like Cut, for instance. We're going to start with Cut because they're a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S. based and available in 40 states. Uh, peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet bet directly against your friends or other users on, on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes. And it's tons of fun. Oh, it has tons of fun. It is tons of fun. Plus it has tons of fun social features that give it the feel of a betting social network. Cut offers lower big and fully customizable odds. Create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things so you never have to chase anyone down for dollars. Social features include group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and more. And the rewards are you get your cash back every single time you bet against your friends or other users. Reminder that Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to Cut.com. That's K-U-T-T.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay ID in the Hall of Fame bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Start all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. And use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. And of course, our merch store, look cool like me with the mantle shirt and the SGP hat. 15% off everything in the store now until the end of the month. Type in playoffs for your code. And we're competing against the other shows on the network to see who can sell the most. So help us out here. SportsGummyPockets.com slash store. Speaking of hats, Gumby, that's not a, it's not one of our hats. What's on your uh it's that it's that collective again. You're gonna tell us the name. You're gonna give them free advertising. Go ahead. Yeah, free advertising for the Clink Room. It's a collaborative of uh, artists, and this is one's entitled uh, Coffee Run. Uh, see what they did there? Yeah, it's coffee yeah, going for yeah. coffee going for a run. Yeah. All right, there you go. Um, all right, moving on to or going actually back to England, and we're going to a flyweight fight. Aaron Abbey or Abby, Abby from Wales, Christopher Daniel from the United States of America. Three, five minute rounds, 125 pounds. Uh, Daniel, nine, three, and one, two knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. So he's been finishing all of his losses. He owes us some finishes. I mean, he owes us some rounds. Yes, he owes his rounds. Uh, this is his octagon debut. I forgot my line there. Uh, five and one over his last six, including winning his last fight via submission. Oh, one to Bellator plus 163. Abby, 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 how do yeah, you say? Abby. 
I think it's Abby. Abby. It should have two Bs, but anyhow. Uh, 15, 8, and 1. One knockout, six submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Oh, and one knocked gun. Two and one over his last three. Two and three over his last five. Lost his last fight via TKO. He's fight a Bantamweight. 2013 Pro MMA debut. Minus 225. Yeah, so that last fight that Abby lost was for the flyweight title inside of Octagon. Um, and in that loss, you know, I, I saw maybe my biggest concern with him overall, which is that he, he does have a lot of forward pressure, but he doesn't like to throw first. Um, and I think that's because uh, a lot of what he's doing is moving forward in hopes that the person who is fighting him will throw a bad strike and he can take them down, particularly up against the cage. Um, there, there's a little bit of counter striking in there, too, that he's not particularly bad at, but he is looking for the takedown. Uh, and I think ultimately that's his path to victory. And I think it's a really easy path to victory in this fight. Um, no offense to Christopher Daniels, but in the you know the last fight I watched to him, he got taken down pretty much with no issues. Uh, and that was after watching him throw like seven or eight kicks. Um, so like he he's just already got a style that just seems to play right into all of Abby's strengths. He's going to back up. He's going to throw kicks. That kick might get caught. And even if it doesn't get caught, I think he gets taken down super easily. Um, as you mentioned, he's got some submission losses on his record. And that's alarming when you're fighting Aaron Abby. So uh, I, 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 I'm not going to put too much time and thought into this. I think you got a guy here who shoots a bunch of takedowns and scores them well against a guy who doesn't defend takedowns all that well. Um, and I think Abby's going to going to put on a showcase by here. All right, there you go. Let me mark him down officially. Abby, boom. All right. Call me in event time. We're going up a weight class, a few weight classes, going up to middleweight, three, five minute rounds. Matias Panage, who we have spoken of before versus Matthew Bonner. Uh, Panage is from Czech Republic. Public, I believe, yes, uh, versus Bonner from England. Uh, I'll tell you about Bonner first. He is the beast. Uh, 16, 9, and 1, five knockouts, six submissions, never been finished in a fight himself. One no knocked gun. He's won two straight and four or five. He was the Cage Warriors champion in a previous life. He used to fight at Walter 8 plus 450. Panage Money is the nickname. Eight and one with seven knockouts. He's been submitted one time. He owes his rounds. Damn it. Eight no in octagon. He's won two straight fights, both via TKO. He went 0 1 on contender series. He's fight at light heavyweight, six years younger than Bonner or Bonner. Uh, two inches taller than him. Minus 800, Gumby. We got a just, big line here. Did you just casually drop a boner in there? <laughs> yeah, I said boner by accident. I casually draw. Oh, there's a good title. Go ahead. That's perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to go against Panage here at these odds. Um, you know, obviously I'm not super enticed by negative 800, but Panage is, uh, I mean, dude, he is shaped just like no other fighter is shaped right now. Right. Like he is, he looks like a goddamn praying mantis in there. Um, his, I don't have his reach numbers in front of me right now, but like, it's gotta be 10 inches more than his actual height is. He is, he's just built like people aren't built and his striking's really sharp. It bums me out on a regular basis thinking about his contender series fight that he lost to Cedricus Dumas, which I still <laughs> can't wrap my head around. Again, one of those, we talked about low eye fight, fight IQ on yesterday's episode. The dude was out striking Cedricus Dumas and just stuck his head in the guillotine for fun. Um, and, and like he, he should be in that middleweight division probably tearing people apart right now. But Bonner does have a, a tendency to wrestle and, and the ability to do so and looks pretty good in top control. But, you know, like he, he's lost to Darren Stewart by not being able to out grapple Darren Stewart. 
So I don't know what chance I give of him of closing the distance on Panage and getting anything done there. I think Panage, especially from distance, which Bonner has historically had issues with, is just going to tear him apart. I think as Bonner gets more and more frustrated with the reach, you're going to see him try to enter that clinch range or enter that you know pocket to try to get in on takedowns and stuff. And he is just going to eat brutal strikes. Panage has got good power. Um, he pours it on. He hits you with like seven or eight punch combos to to put people away. I think you're going to see him get another. I mean, he got a highlight in, I want to say the last, either the last octagon or the octagon before that, that we broke down. Um, he seems like they're their new guy uh, now that he missed out on his chance to be in the UFC. So yeah, I expect Panage to get another big win here. All righty. Uh, main event time. Main event time. Uh, this is not for a belt, uh, but so it's three five minute rounds, 135 pounds. That would be ban weight. Jonas Magard versus Jack Cartwright. Um, tell you about, uh, so we got uh, Cartwright is from England. Magard or Magard is from Denmark. All right. Let me tell you about Cartwright. First, 11 and 1, three knockouts, six submissions. He's never been finishing a fight. One known octagon. He won his last fight via submission. All one contender series was the Cage Warriors champion. Two years younger than Magard, an inch taller, minus 110. We got ourselves pretty much a pick and fight here. Uh, Magard is a shark, 15 to 6, two knockouts, seven submissions, one low. Sorry, he's been knocked out once, submitted four times. So he's been, been finished a lot. He owes his rounds there. Uh, three and one in Octagon, used to be the champion. Uh, he's gone three one over his last four. He did lose his last fight. He's fight at featherweight and lightweight. Was regional champion, 2014 pro MMA debut. Five inches of reach on Cartwright, minus 120. Uh, I'm going to go with Magard here. Uh, one of the things I really like about him in, in watching back some of his fights is the his ability to close distance when he's striking, but also not stay in distance. Um, he's a guy who, when he goes through his combinations, they, they sort of leap in at the beginning of them. He lets go of two or three punches. He bounds right back outside of those so that he doesn't stay in striking distance. Uh, it makes him real dangerous. I also think those combinations in general are really good. He likes to throw... Um, you know, he, he throws like a good hook to end those. So it almost like punctuates it with something nice and hard. Um, you know, Jonas Magard, I, I really like his striking. The kind of the MO on him for me and why he's not been entirely trustable in some of his past fights, in addition to being really good at closing the distance like that, he's got great takedowns. And you might say, well, damn, he's the whole package then. Uh, but the, the big problem for me is that he, he doesn't have the best takedown defense. Uh, he's one of those guys who's like a good offensive wrestler and defensively, I think there's a little bit to be desired. Um, and, and obviously that worries you against a lot of different fighters, particularly at Bantamweight where you see guys who are fast and very well-rounded and, you know, like there's like, there's a billion good Bantamweights on the planet. So like from a guard, you know, you're like, if he's up against somebody who can wrestle a little bit, that's, that that's worrisome. And with Cartwright, Cartwright has been using his wrestling in the past, but the reason I don't really trust it here is that most of the the takedowns I've seen from Cartwright tend to be uh, body lock trips, uh, holding you up against the cage before he gets them, that kind of thing. And I just don't know that he will be able to close that kind of distance on Magard because, as I said before, Magard gets in and out of range really well. The other thing I will say, too, is that Cartwright, when he was on uh, Contender Series, another guy who sort of underwhelmed on Contender Series, he looked really bad at defending takedowns there, too. Um, it was against Jose Johnson, who we've now seen. Maybe, maybe that loss hasn't aged all that poorly because Jose Johnson's wrestling has looked a little bit better. 
but I tend to think Magard is a little bit even more well-rounded than Jose Johnson in the ways that he both closes distance and I think his offensive wrestling is just like maybe even a little bit stronger. So I think the fact that we saw those issues with Cartwright already rear their ugly heads and Magard has the ability to exploit those same exact things. I think he will. And I also just think that the skill set of Magard at least nullifies the like concerns that uh, Cartwright would usually bring, which is like takedowns. Cause in this case, I don't think the body locks or even closing the distance is going to be an option. Cartwright. All right. Cartwright's not the pick though. Uh, let's recap Gummy's winging picks for us. He's got Magard. He's got Panage. He's got Abby. He's got Austin. Keichel. Keichel. Is that how you said it? Right. Keichel. Keichel and Fry. Correct? That's right. All right. Boom. That's it. Octagon. Get in the Discord with us and we can chat on Saturday at noon when it is on. No UFC this week. So we're going to chat about something, right? Uh, that would be sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Uh, or hit us up on Twitter. Not as much fun on Twitter, but uh, we're mm-hmm. SGPN MMA. Gummy runs that for us. And he's at Gummy Vreeland. I'm a Jeff Fox writer there and on Instagram. Make sure, at the very least, you subscribe to our account on YouTube, MMA Gambling Podcast on YouTube, so we can get our subscriber numbers up. And if you want to watch us too, that would be swell as well. And that rhymes. Um, I got a Substack. You can get in, check it out, mondaymma.substack.com. At the very least, get a free subscription and enter my weekly pick em contest for the UFC. Get get more Gumby in your life. That's what we all need. Uh, he has got another podcast called the Top Turtle MMA Podcast, where he int- uh, interviews interesting MMA people. Do you know who's on it this week, or is it a surprise? Uh, no, it's not necessarily a surprise. We're going to be talking to Blake Builder, uh, who's got a fight coming up. And we're going to be talking to Bruna Brazil, who is having a Portuguese language interview that is translated by her good friend and teammate, Kai Bohio. Excellent. Did you tell Blake Builder his nickname should be The? I did not. Um, I also, despite what the people in the Discord told me, I did not tell him that his fight IQ in his last fight was really bad. <sighs> I just uh, skipped that. <laughs> you ever, do you interview them because they're both BB? Is that the only reason you had them both on the same I, time? I did not. I, I did not even think of that until you just said so. There you uh, go. Yes. No. And then uh, because there are no fights, we'll also be counting down five Canadians that we think the UFC should sign so they can fire the rest of theirs. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> That's good to hear. Maybe uh, he mentions me there. Who know, Who's to say? Um, so listen to Top Turtle and get in the sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Read all of Gumby and my content there as well as everyone else's content of course uh sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store get our stuff and until the end of january playoffs is your 15 percent off promo code and sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash patreon all right we'll be back with more regional mma wednesday and thursday coming up after gumby bids you farewell all right i'm david gibby vreeland he's jeff of sycamore fox and we <laughs> will see you on wednesday